Hello, friends, and welcome to the show. This episode of HR Oxygen is brought to you by Boss Builders University. If you're looking to train up your non-managers and individual contributors, please check out our newest offering, The Art of Being a Great Teammate. In this 12-month program, we'll be taking your employees through a variety of topics, which include communication, how to manage your boss, how to get results without authority, how to win at customer service, how to problem solve and make decisions like a boss, and much more. The sessions are virtual, running one hour each month, and we'll do it using our popular sketch and seminar graphic art and storytelling format. No boring PowerPoints, stale stories, and outdated tools and techniques. The sessions are engaging and provide tactical, practical tools that can be used immediately after the sessions. You can either have your entire organization take our program, or if you have just a few folks, join one of our open enrollment cohorts that start every other month. For more information, visit us online at thebossbuilders.com. Well, in the past two or three years that we've had this podcast, we've had a wide range of different guests, people with different backgrounds and experiences, and every now and then we get a guest that I think is super special, and today is that day. Our guest today is John Talbert. Now, he is the Chief Guide Officer at Paraclete, and what they do there is they really essentially kind of take care of the inside of a person. Now, I have known John since about the second grade, and we kind of grew up in the same environment. Uh, I knew his parents, his parents knew mine, and we lost track of each other after high school, but through the beauty of LinkedIn have reconnected, and I was really fascinated to hear about what he'd been doing in the years since then. Well, he's been a chaplain to many major pro sports teams, a lot of great different experiences, and I really enjoyed the talk that we had today. So I hope that you will tune in and especially when this is over with, reach out to John. I really think the services that his company provides would be of great benefit to all of you. So let's quit talking about him. Let's talk to him. You know what time it is. Let's make sure that seatbelt is buckled low and across your hips. Make sure the personal item is tucked under the seat in front of you. Time for us to taxi to the runway. Should the cabin lose pressure, oxygen masks will drop from the overhead area. Please place the mask over your own mouth and nose before assisting others. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast, the show focused on the overworked, overwhelmed, and underappreciated HR professional. And now, here is the host of our show, the boss builder, Mac Monroe. John Talbert, welcome to the show. Mac, it's good to be here with you, brother. Yeah, well, it is good to be with you. Uh, what our audience does not know is that you and I have known each other probably since we were in the second grade, which would have been about now about nine or ten years, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we go back a ways. Yeah, that I was back uh, quite a ways, sir. It was back before certainly cell phones, internet. Um, we would write letters. that We were talking about one of our favorite memories, running around the place we went to church where there was a payphone. I mean, when was the last time you saw a payphone? Oh, my gosh. And that one I actually used, believe it or not, you know? So, yeah, if you're, if you're, first, I, I want to admit this now, but we used to spit in that little thing where you stick your finger <laughs> to get the change. So if you ever did that, that was me and Robert oh, Bolton. Oh, gosh. Sure. Well, I just remember if, if your parents accidentally left you at church... Um, you had to wait till they got home. Yeah, like called. there was no mom, come get me. <laughs> they had no idea they left you there. Oh, gosh. Well, with all that said, John, it's shocking that you and I are still alive and still productive. You know, we managed to, you know, get through the, the dark years of no technology to now where, you know, we reconnect on social media, which was never a thing. 
But I wanted you to come on today, and, and I really enjoyed the reminiscing, but I do know that you're involved in a lot of different things now, which I think will be beneficial to our audience. And so we're going to talk about what you're doing today and how that may be a benefit to our audience. But, you know, when we sort of went our separate ways in high school, I really didn't know what happened to you. And then I find out later you've been a chaplain to major league teams. Like, you've been busy. So, John, tell us how, tell us about your journey and then lead us to where you're working today. Yeah, no, that's, uh, thanks. Um, uh, I, yeah, I got involved, you know, by accident in pro sports. Um, you know, I, I moved from Southern California where, you know, you, you and I both were raised and up to the Bay Area. And, and it was right near the beginning of the tech, um, the, the, the tech movement. Um, and so I moved right in the heart of Silicon Valley in San Jose. And, um, and then I got asked to, yeah, I was, I was a pastor at a church and I got asked to serve as a chaplain, a team, you know, spiritual director or soul care director for, um, NFL teams coming into town that were visiting and playing the Raiders or the 49ers. And so I would cover teams um, from all around the league. And I started meeting people and I got asked to speak at the NFL conference. And so started doing that for a few years, started uh, consulting with a pro sports organization. Um, and then um, uh, one of my college students uh, got signed as a uh, goalkeeper for the San Jose Earthquakes, and so I, he asked, and I, I joined the team as a um, director, uh, spiritual director for for um, Major League Soccer. Did that for a number of years, and then, um, and then I got asked uh, to to work with the San Francisco Giants and then the Oakland A's, and so I am currently the chaplain to the Oakland A's, and I've been doing that. Uh, gosh, so I've been I've been doing pro sports. Uh, since 96, actually, and it's been, been quite a journey. You meet some crazy, interesting people along the way. And so that, and that really, that opened up the door for um, uh, me working in uh, soul care development in the marketplace. I, I have two uh, uh, co-founders of our company, Garcleet, where uh, these two guys, um, Stanford, Stanford uh, grads, business grads, Started saying, how can we how can we bring um, soul care to uh, the marketplace, and not necessarily the soul care that was like church or faith oriented, but just taking the principles of soul care, where you bring the ideas of uh, caring for the the mental wellness, the the mind, will, and the emotions of the individual, and how do we bring that into the marketplace where we can actually help people in their journey. Um, and so they, I, they invited me in because they thought, oh, here's a guy that's doing this in pro sports. Um, let's let's have a conversation with them. And, and so I started, you know, consulting and meeting with them a little bit here and there. And then I joined the team part time and then joined the team full time. And I've been doing this since uh, 2020, 2021. And uh, we're just working to complete our first full year of providing soul care um, for the marketplace, for educational institutions, financial institutions, and uh, companies across the country, and so that's been uh, that's what it, that, that gives you a little snapshot of my journey. Yeah, well, this is wow. That's pretty incredible. That's that's a lot. I mean, just I'm kind of intrigued with the connection to pro sports, but you've used a, a term over and over, soul care. So, I mean, that's not like I'm thinking of Soul Glow. What was that movie uh, coming to America? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So it's not that. So, but tell me what soul care sure. is. I think I think one of the things that if you look at the really the composition of being fully human, there's the body, there's the soul, and there's the spirit. And I look at those as integrated integrating circles. You know what I mean? So body being one, our physical presence, um, our senses, and you know just what what I physically see. And people work on um, body care all the time with physical fitness or diet or those types of things that. That do that. And then uh, the spirit aspect is really what animates us. It connects us to something higher or bigger than ourselves. So if you're from a faith background, you would connect that to your faith and say that, you know, my, my spirit is connected to my faith. Or if you're not a person of faith, but just a person of goodwill and you're standing at the edge of the Grand Canyon, and you're like, wow, there is something bigger. You have that very animated moment of something bigger than yourself. And that's the spirit side of things. But the soul is that piece in the middle that I can't necessarily see, but it is the mind, the will, and the emotions of the individual. And it is um, <clears throat> what some soul care or what some professionals would call wellness, mental wellness. And um, when we, the way I, I view that is, is with that center point of soul. If, you're, if your soul is uh, tended um, with with being able to unpack what's going on in, in my headspace um, or the emotions that I'm feeling or the will to or to not to do certain things that caring for somebody in that center space uh, actually affects the physical and the spiritual of the individual and it uh, allows it to be really a holistic approach to how do we how do we how do we uh, care for um, the employer or the employee in that in that um, space of soul. So we developed soul care methodology that that actually walks alongside and journeys with the individual um, and allows them to unpack. Especially, it was crazy. Is you know this this was a big need in the marketplace prior to the pandemic, and um, with the distributive and remote workforces and um, different. Um, fears and insecurities come alongside with people and everything else, it became a, um, like the timing of this couldn't have been more apropos for us starting this uh, business because we realized people are struggling big time and just need to be able to process what's going on in their, in their, um, in their headspace. And so soul care, if you will, um, became a, became a thematic thing for for us as a company to to uh, uh, care for employers and, and their employees. So I guess, so soul care, it's going to help somebody through it. So what is the proper term for somebody that's going to need soul care? Is it like broken soul, um, soul-itis? And I'm not being a smartass. I just kind of wonder, how would a person know, like, hey, I need some soul care. What are some of the symptoms? Yeah, I would say, you know, um, you know, from two aspects. One, you you look at um, some of the issues that are facing um, companies today would be presenteeism. Uh, you've got people that are showing up for work but not working, and you got people that um, and and presenteeism becomes contagious. It actually impacts employee employees around that employee um, to where there's really kind of a disconnect. Or you're watching people that um, are 
struggling through a particular issue and they don't necessarily want to go to their um, HR professional or they don't want to call a 1-800 number. And, you know, so, so they're just, they're, they're, um, what we're watching is the great resignation. We're watching people leave companies. We're watching people at companies, but not fully present. Um, you're watching people that are struggling through uh, issues of anxiety or loneliness or isolation. Um, and uh, you'll watch a disconnect. I think from, from the employer's standpoint, you'll see a disconnect where you're, you're listening to somebody on a Zoom call and you're like, I don't feel like they're actually really there and wondering what's up and knowing that they don't necessarily have anybody to talk to. And so that's how, that's what we've created. We've created a, a system to where we have guides. Um, a guide would be like, some would call it a coach or a therapist, but these aren't offering coaching or therapy. They're people that are just present and available for employers to point their employees to, and they can unpack with their guide what's going on in real time whether it's a particular issue or I was driving to work today and this is what's happened and I'm super frustrated. I need just to unpack this with someone else. And I don't necessarily need to unpack it with my employer. I just need to, I just need to talk to somebody. And so we have uh, prepped and uh, trained our guides in such a way that they are um, uh, unpacking, listening really um, uh, real methodically and listening and being present, asking questions, you know, allowing the person to just really unpack what's going on in their um, in their mental headspace at that uh, at that time. And so um, that's a that's the the system that we've set up where we've we've created um, uh, users that can that can call any of our guides at any time, talk about anything for as long as they want to talk. Um, and uh, then we provide content, nudges, if you will, that goes out on a weekly or bi-weekly basis. And people um, get soul care content prompts that give them this idea of, okay, here's a, you know, maybe taking Sabbath, uh, taking time off or taking time to um, uh, journal through some things. And we take some soul care practices that people can utilize that helps them really kind of refine and get into a better um, working condition, be more productive and thriving, not only in work, but at home and everything in between. So these these uh, soul issues, has the pandemic just put them under a magnifying glass? Have they always been there? Or has this really been a big discovery that when you basically shut the world down for a year and then everybody comes back to work in different ways, that it's resulted in people that need more soul care or has it always just been under the surface? I, I think it's always been under the surface. Um, you know, I, and I think the pandemic just magnified it. Um, and it just, it, it brought it to, to, to bear. We, we find that people are, you know, the idea of working it from home seemed like a great idea. And then you realize I am missing a lot of the social contacts and conversations and connection points that I normally would have had in an interactive office um, or workplace, and now I'm, I'm I'm isolated, and it just it just puts it um, uh, mental wellness um, issues uh, on warp speed, and they become way more evident a lot quicker. Um, so I think the pandemic just just exacerbated it and made it worse. But I think it's been around for a long time. I think people have struggled. Um, 
with fears and anxieties um, for for years, and different generations handle handle them in a different way. I look at my parents' generation; you just dealt with it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and the generation uh, Mac, where you and I come from, we would look at it and say, "Yeah, you know, we look like, a little bit like our parents, but maybe we complain mm-hmm. a little bit more or we process a little bit more." But the the emerging workforce um, uh, wants to process out their emotions and needs to unpack what's going on in their head. And, um, and I don't know if it's the rise of social media and all the different things that are going on with technology that has caused our cognitive brain function to realize that I've got so many things rolling in my head that I can't keep them straight, or I've got um, these issues or fears that are, are raising my anxiety level in a way that I've never experienced before. But, you know, maybe it's our information age that is that has done that. But I believe that it is more prevalent today in our society um, that people need to unpack what is going on emotionally inside my mindset. And, and sometimes you'll find it where people are, you know, I, Mac, you've you've had this where you uh, where you're in, you you know, you're exhausted, physically exhausted from work and everything you got going on. And. So when you go to bed, you should just be able to close your eyes and go to sleep. But what happens mm-hmm. is you get this looping soundtrack in your head that you can't get out. And it is looping and it plays into different insecurities or play, play, plays into different fears that you may have. And I, when it's happened to me before, I'll have to actually get up and go write things out and just like spit it all out on a piece of paper so I can see it and I can make sense of it. Otherwise, it'll just spin. Mm-hmm. People don't have those skill sets, and so what they'll do is they'll just lay in bed and process, and they'll and they'll just loop, and they'll just get in a, a, a recurring looping negative soundtrack that that impacts them to where they're just like, I can't get this stuff out of my head. Well, that's what a guide does, where they actually walk through and ask meaningful questions to really right size. Okay, what's actually going on here? Help me understand what this is all about. You said this word. Is this what you mean? This seems like a an overstatement. Is that an overstatement? And you've got somebody that's actually methodically asking asking questions, and helping somebody unpack and right size things, to where they're like, okay, and then and then you know helping them come up with the answers or ideas or ways forward, for um, uh, responding to a specific perceived crisis or perceived. Um, fear that they may have or you know perceived or real whatever it may be but it's right sizing it with a person a real person in real time and um we're finding that the feedback we're getting when people do that is um you know the ratings that we're getting people say that their well-being is improved um on such a high level just after one connection um, with a guide because they feel like I've actually got somebody I can unpack with and process these things that I hadn't, that I had, I, 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 I didn't have a pathway forward before. So sorry, that was a very long answer to your short question. No, no, but it's perfect. Cause it, it's interesting because it almost sounds that way that you're getting the, the combination of things that maybe a therapist would look at, but then also a coaching approach of maybe helping co-create solutions, not, teaching or training, but, you know, co-creating, it sounds like the perfect blend. 
So what other, you mentioned the journaling, what other practices might be involved in soul care? Sure. Uh, I mean, when you look at, um, uh, you know, different things that, that we would offer, like, um, you know, journaling or there's, you know, taking Sabbath. I don't, I don't, have you ever, have you ever actually taken a Sabbath? No. I mean, Sunday's the day you get your lunches packed and you get your yard mode. Yeah. I mean, that's your busy day, right? I mean, if you get church in, fine, but yeah, well, there's lots of like things you got to do on a Sabbath. Sabbath rest or, or taking a sabbatical type of thing. Yeah. Taking, like, oh no, never have done that, John. Is is that useful? Oh my gosh. I mean, be I mean, it's like vacation, but Part of it is, and I, I sometimes I'll encourage people to take a, um, a tech Sabbath or a tech sabbatical where you're actually unplugging from um, the very thing that is, I believe, is causing, um, you know, issues in one's life, which is, you know, the anxiety of, of having to either fear of missing out or the anxiety of uh, being available for somebody else or someone else or seeing what's going on in the world, whatever to say, how can I sit and be present and uh, be still and process through, um, you know, what's going on. So things like that, like having, having a sabbatical or Sabbath um, rest journaling, um, mindfulness presence, um, uh, a silence retreat where you're actually going and saying, okay, how do I, how, how do I, um, uh, take some time where I'm just sitting with my thoughts and my emotions and actually either, you know, journaling them out or just understanding what's, what's going on in that regard. Um, some of this physical exercise, some of this rest where people are working at such a pace that they actually have, uh, they don't know how to actually, take time off and take a nap or just rest, literally just lay in a hammock and do nothing uh, with mm-hmm. no agenda, no other time frame uh, that, that uh, actually re- refuels or recalibrates or realigns you with your true north as you take time off. I think our bodies are designed with a rhythm that needs and requires rest. It's interesting. I just watched the... Um, <clears throat> Uh, CrossFit games. Um, CrossFit is a sport that our families were involved in. And um, we were watching the CrossFit games, which, you know, you're watching some of the most elite, the elite athletes, the fittest uh, on earth. Mm-hmm. And um, watching them uh, prioritize and listening to them talk about nutrition and rest, it's as equally as important as, as, important as their training regimen is their rest regimen to where they are literally like this is what i eat on these days and this is what i literally i am i am off i am doing nothing i am laying in a hammock or i'm i'm just laying around and just lazy all day this day this is what a rest day looks for me and realizing that that is that is equally important to the training aspects and regimens of elite athletes is rest and i don't think we realize that in our um in our work ethos, I think we drive and drive and drive and we, you know, we have push times and then push times just become our normal work week. And we don't actually take time to uh, allow our mind and our body and our spirit actually to, to really recalibrate um, uh, through rest. So those are some of the things that, that we would consider in a soul care practice. 
that we encourage folks to be involved in and we'll send them or uh, talk to them through some of that content. Well, I've noticed a little bit too, you know, even my daughter works for a large aerospace company. She's her first job out of college and she has never actually been in a room with coworkers. She's been virtual from day one and her apartment in St. Louis is so small that she can see her desk from her bedroom. And so there is no work-life separation. People talk about work-life balance. Um, I think that's unhealthy. I think it should be work-life separation. And I think most employers want work-life integration and she's a product of it and it's it results in total burnout are you seeing with the move to virtual and hybrid that soul care is becoming more and more of an important resource yeah i would say so i mean <clears throat> if you watch some of the larger probably pre-pandemic it's this larger corporations in the silicon valley that they created so many things within the company that when you get there it's it's why why go out and get a meal at a local restaurant when you've got uh, a chef, um, you know, five-star Michelin chef right here on the campus um, creating the most epic meals or why, why leave when I can actually bring my pet to work? I don't need to get home and take care of my pet. And what companies mm-hmm. began to do is to create something that was so enticing for folks to literally um, be at work and be present all the time. And I, I think that did a disservice to so many. I mean, there's, it's, it's hard to look at you. You look at it because you're like, man, having pet care is pretty awesome. I, I don't have to take care of my pet. My pet can be here with mm-hmm. me. But when you, when you realize what it's done, it's really kind of it's um, <clears throat> sucked in the individual to where I don't have um, I don't have my own separation into my own kind of personal like there's not a separation of what's going on in my own personal space and my friends are my colleagues at work rather than my friends somewhere else where I go and hang out and we do a sporting thing together or whatever. And I think there's some, I think there's a real need for that. Um, and I think that if I, you know, there's, there's advantages. I'm not going to, I'm not going to downplay the advantages of some of the things and some of the, the benefits that companies will offer folks um, to where you look at is very enticing, but I do think there's, there is a genuine need for the individual to find complete and utter separation from that work environment so they can um, and, you know, be fully present in their own world and space. And what I, what I, what I believe is happening is um, people don't have friends outside of their workspace. They don't have hobbies where they get lost for hours uh, immersed in a hobby. Like I live near the coast and I, I can go surfing I'll get lost in a surfing uh, session for hours. And I realize, well, it doesn't feel like it. It just, you know, I'll get out and I'm like, man, three hours have gone by. Well, when you find yourself, there's something about being able to completely disconnect and unplug from your work context and get lost in a hobby for hours that refuels your, your insides. It refuels your mind and your soul in such a way that reminds you of who you are um, as a human. And I think, I think I, I don't, I don't want to work to create a better workforce. I want to work to create better people and mm-hmm. better people become better workers. Um, and so, you know, from an employer standpoint, you look at that, like, we, you know, we, we have a bottom line. We want to keep people 
productive and, and doing what they're doing, but you'll find employers that are genuinely wanting to come alongside and help their people become better humans. And so we, we think a, an integrative soul care practice actually does that very thing for the marketplace and for education um, professionals. It actually helps people become better humans and therefore it, you know, affects their, affects their workforce. Um, no, it makes sense. It does. All right. So, John, let's say that I have a company and I'm interested in soul care. I've heard the podcast. I say, hey, this really sounds like something that we need. What does it look like? So, you know, I, I call you up. I say, hey, we're interested. Tell me how the process works. Yeah, no, it's, it's um, one of the things, we, you know, we, we want to look at and get kind of get a, a framework of some of the things that the company, you know, already is facing or they feel like, hey, this is this is some of the stuff that we, we believe that we're going through. Um, so we get a pulse of what's going on um, uh, from the you know, C-suite or from the people that are leading that. And then and then um, what we do is we uh, identify every person in the company, you know, from the the C-suite and CEO all the way down to the next hire. Um, in the educational institution, we'll look at a superintendent all the way down to the bus driver and everyone in between. And so it's a company-wide offering. And we send out a, um, uh, we partner with the company with the, with the HR and we send out a, um, an email in partnership with the company to say, hey, your, your company has offered you, company X has offered you um, soul care as a, as a benefit for your uh, employment here and, and to come alongside you. And then there's an onboarding process where they, they get the email. It takes about um, uh, two minutes to, to onboard them onto the platform. We have an online platform. And then about 20 seconds to book their first. So they'll select their own guide. And they, mm-hmm. you're not getting a new guide every time. You just... You identify your guide, and that's the person that you're that that you are going to journey with, and um, then you book a you book your call through a Calendly link, and and the guide contacts you, you know, within that, that time frame that you've set, and you start on the first call. Most people start on their first connection call, and they're like, "I'm not really sure what we're going to talk about," and then by the end of the time, they're like, "Oh my gosh, I had no idea." That I actually needed this, and have you know booked their second and third and ongoing mm-hmm. ongoing calls um, with an individual. And then what we offer, so every employee has access to the platform, activates onto the platform, and then utilizes it, um, and then and then um, books their soul care session with their guide, and then has an ongoing uh, connection call with them. Uh, depending on their regularity or frequency, what they do. And then what we provide the company with on a quarterly basis is, um, is like a, a data dashboard. And everything's anonymized, so nobody can actually you know, see. It's, it, uh, confidentiality is uh, you know, the highest thing that we, we hold as a company. But we have enough data to be able to give a benchmark of, of where people are when they're coming in, topics that they... Um, that are most important or pressing to them, frequency, activation rate, that type of stuff. So a company can look at this and say, okay, we're actually seeing um, our people engaged in conversations, and here's some of the themes that are coming up without it um, being identified by an individual or anyone, but 
you know, here's common themes that, you know, family or relationships is a common theme. And so the company can say, hey, you know, we want to offer a webinar on, on relationships and um, summer. We, we, we have a webinar coming up on um, coming out of summer and back into um, uh, uh, the fall, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of vacations and stuff like that. So we have a webinar based on what some people have requested. So we'll, we'll offer some specific things like that, um, but it gives the company really some benchmarks of, okay, here's, here's uh, kind of a health score and uh, where we are as a company. And, um, and people actually leveraging or utilizing soul care um, in a rhythm or a regular practice in their own lives. So um, that's, how, that's how we partner with the company. Um, we, we, again, have companies, um, uh, private equity. We've got companies that are uh, publicly funded uh, or institutions that are publicly funded, uh, privately funded, family-owned, um, all kinds across uh, different domains. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a crazy journey as once we launched this, we realized we were onto something that, uh, we didn't see anybody else providing in this space of wellness. Well, it sounds like something that would be really beneficial and really important. So the last question I have for you, John, is if someone's listened to this today and said, wow, I never thought we needed it, but we do. What's the first step? they should take to engage with you so that you can get some information to them. How would we reach out? Yeah, to no, it's great. I mean, um, yeah, I'll, I'll give our website, which is, um, joinparaclete.com. And, um, it gives an, in, you know, an interest form where people, it just gives a little, a biographical backdrop, a short video on what a soul care connection actually looks like. Um, and talks through that um, wellness space of, of what companies uh, can and, and need to do. Or they can reach out to me directly um, uh, to my email, john, J-O-N, at joinparaclete.com, and I can um, respond to you or info at um, joinparaclete.com, and we can... Um, connect you up and have a conversation, begin to understand what your needs are and get you connected uh, with the company and talk through providing soul care uh, for your, your team. So that's, that's the, that's the the best way to reach out to us. Excellent. Well, I can certainly uh, vouch for John. I've known John a number of years, even though we had a big gap in, you know, talking, but it's been uh, closed today. And, uh, just knowing the man and the man's roots, uh, you are definitely in good hands with John. So, John, thanks so much for spending time with us today, letting us know what your company can do for us. And if you're listening, please reach out. I do not think you'll be disappointed. John, thanks so much for being with us today. Mac, it was great to be with you and to connect with you and your listeners. Appreciate you, brother. Well, thanks for taking the time to listen to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast. I hope you enjoy listening to these as much as I enjoy making them. I've learned so much from the guests we've had on the show over the past few years, and I hope that you will continue to listen to us regularly. If you are a subscriber on any podcast app or channel, would you do us a favor and take a moment and leave us a review? We would really, really appreciate it. Also, if you have the time, check out all the offerings we have on our website, which is thebossbuilders.com. We have every other month a Sherm Credit webinar that we present as well as a ton of other events, not to mention our Art of the Great Boss and Art of Being a Great Teammate programs 
more information on that site today. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Oh, by the way, you may want to unbuckle that seatbelt. I think we just arrived at the gate. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast. We hope you found something today that will relieve your stress, feed your soul, and pump you up to face another day. At Boss Builders, we want to let you know that we appreciate the hard work you do every day as an HR professional. And as a reminder, always make sure to adjust your own oxygen mask before attempting to help those around you. Be well.